this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to the Podcast Maneuver, the officially unofficial podcast for Star Trek Picard on Paramount+. Plus. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about uh, Season 2, Episode 7, the feedback anyway. Uh, Aaron, did we get a bunch of feedback this week? Certainly we enough got to do a an bunch episode. of feedback. This is like uh, blow, blow, blowing the uh, the door, the, the containment bottle. I, I, I don't, there's too much. Too, too, the antimatter, matter mix uh, is too much. We burnt out all the lithium crystals. I mean, it's our fault, right? We put out that we put out that call. We summoned all the feedback, and then we it did. showed we up opened in the bottle. Uh, yeah. We opened the bottle. Too many bottles. We we thought that wasn't worth. It's like it's like eating an edible. You know, you're like twelve right, bottles right. into the summoning before the first cue shows up. Like, oh my god, there's going to be a, a dozen of you. Yeah, that's what's happening right. now. Uh, so yeah, Picard at baldmove.com is what you what you want to set your hailing frequencies to, if you want to make this problem worse. Uh, first up is Todd. I'm not going to, uh, or, and this is again for episode, the feedback, uh, through episode 207 monsters. Um, so Todd says, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but there's a potential in universe reason for the Borg queen knowing of a Pat Benatar song. Jim, are you interested in this? Uh, yes, I, I'm deeply interested in this. I can't okay. fathom what it could be, but okay. Let's consult the canon. There was a scene where she was monitoring all Earth-based transmissions, reveling in all the simultaneous voices. It's possible she was listening to the Light Rock station before calling the French authorities. <laughs> okay. I feel so gross potentially justifying this absurdity, but alas, there was a conduit for her to hear it. Still doesn't explain how everything still worked post-EMP and how everyone knew exactly how to come in exactly at the right time, or why security wasn't like, hey, there isn't a singer on the schedule for tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone just kind of went with this they wild did, bit of power out of gym prov uh also if the board queen wants endorphins why doesn't she just send nanoprobes to the appropriate regions within the body and have them manually release the endorphins need some adrenaline shock the kidneys the queen could generate far more endorphins artificially than making them occur naturally but can she does she have the gromba built uh, it sounds like yeah i mean gerardi's still in there right like gerardi gerardi she's just unlocking gerardi's inner bad girl is all right. she's doing and, and right. Gerardi's always, you know, apparently wanted to be a bad girl, just never had the opportunity. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think she just she sits, she doesn't have the raw horsepower to take over her endocrine system at this right. point. She has to, uh, you know, like a lizard that that crawls off uh, under a rock and suns itself in the morning sun. She has to like get a little bit of uh, so, some energy to jumpstart the whole nanoparticle process. So that's, that's what I think. That's what they've said. It's like, it's all about increasing the metabolism and I don't know. It, it, it's at the end of the day, it's bullshit, right? It's just, it's just, uh, I mean, yeah, 
it's it's just uh, th there's a progress bar loading in the in the writer's mind, and they're just this is you know the the spinning spinning explorer symbol, the the hourglass. Uh, I mean, I get anyway. the question then becomes like, what what about that song spoke to the Borg Queen? That's what I want to know at this point. <laughs> I still think it's it's the her her bank her you know twenty first century bank account. Uh, she just consulted that and saw what the largest, the biggest song uh, in her demographic <laughs> that she <Okay>. could clear. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. The Borg Queen knows. The Borg Queen uh, she assimilated mm -hmm. all of twenty first century copyright law. She knows what a public performance of this will will cost if yeah. uh, and the R I I I gets you like they'll or R I R I A A. I don't know. Whoever the people that don't let you sing happy birthday are. Uh, other random observations here from Todd. Says, Dr. Soon, one keyword you missed while not Soji was rifling through all her dad's bad press was the headline mentioning, mentioning eugenics, as in the eugenics wars, as in that little part of Star Trek history that gave us that con fella. Hmm. So, yeah, as another listener pointed out last week, this is absolutely the beginning of the research that would create Khan. Can Is Soji, right. is Soji Khan's mother... Oh, not maybe. Soji, not Soji Khan. Yeah, whichever not Soji this is. <laughs> On the immediate sea of the not Soji's genetic therapy, think about what we've all been through these past two years: one shot, then twenty-one days later; second shot, then two weeks to maintain attain maximum efficiency. You were supposed to believe in less than sixty seconds every piece of genetic material in not Soji's body has been resequenced to offer total protection. The might have sailed in a pre-pandemic world and actually has on many older TNG <laughs> episodes, but now it really sticks out. Oh yeah, in TNG, all you got to be cured, all you got to do to be cured of a major infection is for Doctor Crusher to put a hypospray in your neck, yeah. you to like flex your neck once or twice, and you're fucking cured, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the power of the red and blue, and one of those things that it was injected, I'm sure, was red or blue. Now I think we have to. We don't do a good job of explaining our inside jokes. We probably have to because we're talking about something that maybe <laughs> 70 people saw in the whole fucking world. And yeah, we have an audience fair. of several thousand people here. Uh, what is the red and the blue, Jim? I, so in every background shot of the, it's the, the Halo bay, Civil Wars, first of all. but it, Sure. But, but every background shot of the sick bay that you get, there's always two massive containers of red liquid and blue liquid. And we just assume those are like cure-alls. And, and they... <laughs> They have different properties based on whatever they need during the scene, and right. you know she administers them appropriately. Yeah, if the blue won't sort you out, then by God, the mm -hmm. red will. So. Yeah, the red. You know, you step <laughs> up to the red on rare occasion, but right. Sometimes you mix it together, make the the dreaded purple. Oh man, you sip that with some Sprite, and you'll be feeling all right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, the boys are back in town. Just in time to heat up summer, our favorite blood-soaked, darkly humorous deconstruction of the superhero mythos returns on Amazon Prime Video. The boys season four gets started on June 13th, but we'll get the drop on them with our preseason preview coverage the week before. 
It's been a while. A lot's happened since last season. Two whole years, labor dispute, that kind of thing. But we'll be catching you up on all the major plot points and character beats as we left things off. Plus, we'll be looking at the trailers and latest news to piece together what to expect. I know one thing to expect. Right off the bat, they're dropping three debut episodes for the premiere. Woo! But otherwise, who knows? Will Gus Fring reveal why he has absolutely no fear of Homelander? And while we're on that topic, will Butcher and the boys figure out a way to stop Christian nationalist Superman? Will those crazy kids, Monster Man and Starlight, find a way to make things work? Come laugh, cry, and maybe even throw up in your mouth a little with us as we discover the answers for ourselves this season of The Boys. Find it by searching for the Department of Homelander Security wherever you listen to podcasts, or subscribe to Ball Move Pulp to get all our coverage of sci-fi, fantasy, and superheroic entertainment. Uh, I was really surprised that neither of you commented on Talon's. Wait, Talon? Who is this? Is this? Uh... It's the Watcher, yeah. Not Laris? Okay, let's get our yeah. names right. Not Laris, flaccid penis gun that becomes erect when it's poised to kill. No, what? it did not. What? I mean, go back and watch the scene where she felt draws a weapon on Picard. It's a literal limp dick that she, uh, until she feels threatened. Huh? I, I mean, I guess I'm gonna, this is, <laughs> this is like, uh, everyone else in The Walking Dead says they cannot see the bent, the bent bayonets that the Commonwealth soldiers are packing. I, I, we're not able to see this pistol with erectile dif- dysfunction. I mean, uh, look, I, I know that the the porn industry is on on top of stuff, right? They're, they mm. find they sniff out trends and they make parodies immediately. Did I? Did you watch the wrong thing here? I mean, you might be. What website are you I, on watching this? I, I will say that I in my notes I had a joke about some device they used. And I can't remember if it was the last week or two. Looked like what they were going to replace Jerry's heart, uh, uh, penis with. Like like the machine, it's so so. Mm. I it, it was phallus, but like, did it literally get erect when she pulled? That's what I want to know. Like, was the was the was the barrel drooping, and then she pulled it out and it just went banging it. If it, if so, let me know the time code wow. because I, I want to see that. Uh, also, why has no one commented on the new Borg ship that at best looks like an HR Geiger Geiger Geiger, right? The uh, alien guy. I've I've heard both, but I say Geiger. Okay. I think it's wrong. All right. HR Giger then. I'm gonna I'm gonna cover our bases. Um yeah. tried to draw a cloister from Pokemon Go and <laughs> uh, that's a lot of HR Giger's work, actually. Uh and at worst looks like a giant spiky space vagina. It's just a really weird again, this is just Giger. That that's that's his thing. He he did he did reproductive uh horrifying yeah. reproductive organs. Okay. Usually they're they're more organic looking than this, though. This one just looks like it's massively inefficient. Like, who's yeah. got the office out at the tip of one of those spikes? That's what I want to know. Is that where the board queen's office is? Has she got the, that's a, that's the a quote shit unquote commute, corner man. office? Right? Yeah. You got to take yeah. six elevators to get to the other spikes. It's no good. Yeah. Yeah. The turbo lift system is just oof. Yeah. Uh, that's all for now. Really enjoying your podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Todd. Um, let's move on to Ferdinand. Please note that the only person who calls Picard JL is Rafi. The nature of the relationship between the two of them is explored in depth in the prequel book, The Last Best Hope, which every man must, every fan must read. Oh, really? Okay. Prequel book. Uh, I heard mm-hmm. there's another one, No Man's Land. There's another seven. Is that and, the audio drama? That's the audio. Uh, see, I thought it was a yeah. book that was just an audio form, but yeah. 
that got recommended. I, I, I don't to know. Us. So, somebody wrote in and, and yeah, told us about it. Which Overlunch. sure, I mean, I'm I'm glad those exist for fans of the characters. I will never engage with them. Yeah, yeah. I think my days of reading Bantam books ad- adaptations of Star Trek uh, are over. But if uh, they're not for you, I I celebrate that. Uh, they say the they say Picard tapped Rafi for his EXO at Starfleet Command party partly on account of her brashness. Picard has enormous respect for Rafi, so he gives her the unique right to address him in that manner. Yeah, why, why mean, the enormous respect? That's what I want to know. Just because she's brash. I'm, there's if I mean the thing is is like I can't ask that question and also refuse to read the last best hope because I'm right. I'm look there could be an answer, but sure I do is. think that it's. A poor adaptation that um, can't stand on its own uh, and and seems to introduce some really interesting character inconsistencies. Uh, you know, like if something forces you to read supplementary information to understand it, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's uh, not the best way to adapt material, but... Um, only from reading the book can one really understand Rafi's anger at Picard in the first episode of last season, as well as several other things, such as the decay in the relationship between the principled Picard and the Federation due to the increasingly immoral policies undertaken by the Admiral, then Captain Clancy in the name of pragmatism. Pragmatism. On the other topic, I have occasionally heard podcasters mention that the screeners do not have captions. So the solution to this is don't watch the show by means of screeners. Watch on a Paramount Plus like everyone else. <laughs> Uh, this means no, the podcast sorry. episodes will come out a few days later than they otherwise would do. So be it. No, unfortunately, in this case, it would mean the podcasts don't come out. Like this Probably. is this is uh, to put between a marginal show for us to cover. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't do super numbers. It's something that we personally care about and have a lot of fun doing. But like, it kind of a labor of love. So if we had to uh, watch it in time, like what what is what would that mean? Uh, it comes out on what? Thursday night? Uh, yeah, or or Wednesday early in the morning. Yeah, Thursday very early in the morning. Right. I mean, the nice the nice thing about having a screener is it allows us to schedule the recordings into the nooks and crannies of our of our calendar, uh, where otherwise we'd probably be like, God damn, we'll just do you know we'll we'll just we'll just not do it in favor of something else. So yeah, I mean, you're running into the weekend then, and we try not to work on weekends because we yeah. like to have a little work life balance. I think I think it's the better uh, the, the better expectation. It's also also just like you just you know the better expectation is to include captions with the screeners. You right. Know? I don't know why. Uh, you know, I, I'm late to the screener part. We just started getting access a few years ago, but like that's always been kind of shocking to me that you can. Yeah. Do you uh, have no uh, like deaf critics? Do you have no apparently no critics not. who are watching this stuff and need captions like? And I understand that, like, they maybe won't be super accurate because they're still changing. But, like, every single screener comes with the provisio that the effects are not final and the mm-hmm. scenes might not be complete and there might be work in progress. So, like, okay, if they're 99% there. Honestly, I've seen typos in production runs of, mm-hmm. of uh, uh, subtitles. So Yeah, we had a title that was just straight up wrong this season in one of the yeah. Picard screeners. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Ferdinand continues. Uh, essentially, uh, you, you run into problems when you skew captions. You also mind up uh, missing the important plot point that Talon somehow spoke a little Romulan. I, again, is, is was that important? 
is it super important? Why do you have to have subtitles to get it if it is? Like, well, I can't because we can't identify Romulan just based on right. The I mean, sound maybe I'm not saying you can't, but like it is something that's like in the point oh one percent of people that's watching the show. It's like again, it's like is I don't know. It's not that's I guess I that's I guess a plot point can't be important if you miss it with the subtitles turned off. I mean, right. Like this, I, this isn't an Easter egg. I don't hunt, know. You know? I, like I, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, it, it would be better if we had subtitles, and therefore we probably watch the the version that everybody gets, and then we'll have subtitles, and we won't miss these things. But like, that's just not the reality of it. Like, you you're asking yeah. an entire industry to change, and that's just not <laughs> right. how it's yeah. gonna go. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it, yeah. You, you're not considering the very real business necessity for screeners. Um, it 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 frees us up in a way that like Aaron said we would maybe not be able to cover Picard if we didn't have them so yeah uh okay anyway let's move on to Jesse says long-term club member and I appreciate you well thank you Jesse just want to say thanks for continuing to cover or even just talk about some shows that aren't great shows mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got a lot of those on our slate lately on pulp the walking dead Picard. card yeah it's appreciated because I think there's a sizable amount of us who are out there who are going to continue watching these fandom shows, even when they're clearly not very good. Anyway, at least we're almost through the season with you guys getting screeners or more shows these days. Probably helps fitting stuff like Picard in the schedule. There you go. That's the that's the whole point. Looking forward to Strange New Worlds. Take care. Yeah, I'm interested in checking that out, too, seeing seeing what it's all about. Seeing if they're actually going to get one of these uh, episodic Star Treks right, or if that, even, if that, that, that helps with this group. Uh, Devin from Maine just caught up in Picard season two and I'm feeling a little nervous about the direction this season's taking yeah uh, there's some there's some yellow alerts at least uh, for example at the start of episode three the crew punches their way to freedom which is fine but weren't there more fun and interesting ways to do this that use yes. the show's actual canon remember in season one when Rios lowered a force field with a song what if at gunpoint he had activated an emergency security hologram that was with an accented version of his mirror's mirror self what if it turned out that this song in the mirror verse produced disintegrate uh, uh disintegrate the magistrate in red shirts just a little disappointing mm-hmm. i know that in the earlier episodes we kind of rationalize well this is a mirror universe and this isn't the la serena and he doesn't have the he's got like a this is like official federation ship with the federation crew i think that's a bad choice because i thought those i thought his hollow cells yeah. were fun and I like I, I think this is a clever idea like that he triggers something that's kind of innocuous and it just like obliterates all uh, hostile life forms in, on this ship it would be fun yeah especially since they've already laid the groundwork for that you know it'd be stupid if it came out of nowhere but to right. have him do it something we already know exists in this moment would have been great and yeah I, I I I it's a shame we lost all those holograms we saw them once in the opener uh, for the season and then they're gone and I thought they were kind of fun and it's kind of, it's it's so fun it's so frustrating on a show that clearly relies on the concept of rule of cool that where mm-hmm. like hey if we can break rules and screw up fandom and and say the devil to the canon if it's cool enough and i don't know that they're always on the right side of that equation but for a show that rolls that way to be like well obviously we're in a different universe and the all the fun hollow characters can't exist is like oh it's they, especially but they could have been like he could have he could have summoned one and been like surprised by who showed up right because they're in sure. the fascist version of this universe will make him a fucking fascist Rios 
Yeah. And now, like, they could have had some what, fun. Right? All right. That would have been a ton of fun. And they just, yeah, they missed the, missed the mark there. Next up, we have J Cubed. It says, does this show feel like a little bit of an unused Doctor Who script that they found and just decided to repurpose and shoehorn into this season of Picard? Uh, yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Uh, some of the effects are a little bit cheaper, I think, too. Some of that summoning sequence. Huh. Yeah, I don't watch enough Doctor Who to really know what makes a Doctor Who script. I, I It's usually like weird aliens and weird scenarios, right? I t- yeah, lots of toilet plungers, I hear. I'm. I, that's the thing. I'm not a <laughs> okay. huge Who fan myself. Uh, yeah. So, it's not like what the Daleks are constructed out of. They're like... An upside down oh, trash can that, with uh, toilet plunger stuck to them, or I mean, that's certainly what they look like. Yeah, I'm sorry, Type Three plasma cannons. That's what they are. This it's not a toilet plunger. Anyway, uh, if this supervisor is an actual Romulan, why in baby Jesus did she need the mind melding gadget? Okay, I know this one. Oh, I boy. think canonically Ro- Romulans cannot mind meld. I've never seen a Romulan mind meld that I remember. I, I, I thought that, like, the Romulans and Vulcans separated um, culturally a couple thousand years ago, and they did it over kind of, like, dampening your emotions and, like, tuning into their psionic awareness, and that not only did the Romulans turn aside from that path, because um, genetically, the Romulans and Vulcans are pretty much identical, you know? Uh, yeah. Everything that's different about them is, like, cultural and, like, uh, spiritual practices, Mm-hmm. But but I also read I did some digging on Memory Alpha, which is the big you know Star Trek wiki bible, and apparently the Romulans also uh, did a good like like actively tried to weed out the parts of their population that was developing psionic awareness, like developing mm-hmm. these kind of psychic powers. So like you know like persecute the witch. So yeah. it's a combination of Vulcans embracing this and training that, and the Romulans shunning it and oppressing it. So. Now, the one thing is there was a lot of consternation last season because uh, Commodore O, who turned out to be a Romulan spy, uh, was able to mind meld uh, with, was it Rafi uh, God, or Soji? I, I forget who it was to get information out of her. But uh, according to like their wiki entry, she's half Romulan, half Vulcan. Okay. And Savik in Star Trek three was able to, who was also a half Romulan, half, half Vulcan was able to initiate a mind meld with Spock, the baby Spock, teenage Spock, whatever. So (laughs) I I think, I think, I think we're, I I think we're, we're within the realm of, of Canon. Like the Laris probably couldn't mind meld. Uh, Commodore O probably could. So I think we can resolve that a little bit. Okay. Uh, why do mind melds work on a damn Android? That's uh, a great question, cause yeah. I've no one ever mind melded with Data, even though there was ample opportunity for him to be mind meld. Yeah, how could you? Data was able to neck pinch people. That was just sheer force. That's that just wasn't sheer. That's skill. That's right. Just, yeah, that's not a nerve hard enough. Power. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, that's not a psychic pain. power. That's just a that's just a pain technique. Um, but yeah, I. Again, uh, Rios has described Picard as being a flesh and blood robot. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think they're really wanting kind of like the best of both worlds. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, ha. Essentially, Picard yeah, is do. just. Yeah, he's just Picard. He's just cured of Iramadi syndrome, but he's also a robot, but it's indistinguishable from like a medical scan, but it'll also fry. 
an EKG right. machine. So yeah, it, it's it's not adding up to me, but okay, sure. It's the Cylon. It's the Cylon super spies from Battlestar. Yeah. It's it's yeah, they're they're just humans. They're indistinguishable from human biology, but they can also communicate via hyperspace. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh. Looking forward to listening to your podcast. It's the ointment that makes watching this show more tolerable. I'm a, I'm glad that our podcast is a salve for your wounds that the show the show is inflicting. Uh, we're enabling people, Jim. This is this is the Walking Dead over. This again. is why we quit the Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. We we just felt we felt bad. We felt bad. We're mm-hmm. enabling we're enabling people's abusive relationship with the TV show. But we did that for like six seasons. I'm okay. Doing That's that true. One. That's true. Just, just so That's we can true. get to the real cast of the show. Maybe they can ditch Rafi next season, and you know, then we get LeVar Burton, we get yeah. Dorn, everybody back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of sugar to make the medicine go down. That's a lot of, like, you just, just if there's one a week, if one new character comes right. by, and it's just, it's just them and Patrick Stewart high-fiving and talking about how awesome they used to be 30 years ago, I'm going to <laughs> uh-huh. just love it, you know? It's 10 yeah. for 10, zero problems. We'll see. I don't want to give these bastards any any excuse to phone it in. Um, Matt S. I just want to say I'm excited for Strange New Worlds and episodic storytelling premise. I hope you guys podcast about it, but I'm wondering if the format will lend itself to a good podcast. Do you see it as a Rick and Morty type recap show mostly without deep theorizing you get with puzzle box shows? I realize it's releasing at a busy time of the year with Doctor Strange, Obi-Wan, and the boys coming out within a month of it. But I hope you guys find a way to pull it off. Just curious what the plan is. Well... One plan is ditch Obi Wan. We are not covering Obi Wan. If we yeah. hear that Obi Wan, here it's great. If 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 a Star Trek fans that we respect and reviewers respect say this is fucking good from beginning to end and it's a worthy chapter of Star Wars, we'll think about covering it for season two. But like we have been, we've been kicked in the nuts by Star Wars a couple yeah. like, way too many times these last five years. Uh, I think it's time to put a pause on that bullshit until they get their their stuff together. Um, Doctor Strange is in a movie, and the boys were just going to straight up cover. So we should be able, it, we should be good with that. When I look at the things that you know I loved about Star Trek: The Next Generation, and if Star Trek: New Worlds or whatever it's called could return to that form, I think there are interesting conversations to be had around each episode. Um, each episode's philosophy, essentially, like what what do they think of the problem that they've propounded here. Uh, right. What is their solution? Do we agree with it? Um, you, you know, how does it how does it measure up to what we think in the modern day? I mean, certainly that would be a fun conversation to have about just about yeah. every Next Generation episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see how they do it. I, I haven't seen any episodes yet. We do have screeners for that as well. Yeah. So I might check those out early and then maybe talk about it on Off the Clock or our premium show. You've, I think you got this weekend to watch them, and then I think it doesn't it come out next week. Next, the I thought week it was early next, May. Like was May it early 5th May? Or something, uh, yeah. I thought it was the end of April for some reason, like April twenty eighth or something. Um, but you know, and, and it might not be the world's longest podcast because you're right. Like, um, you know, you could you could do like uh, thematic type recap. You could do scene by scene, which would tease out some of the kind of funnier parts, probably or. Uh, more interesting parts like i i don't know but like it, it i could see like if we did a the next generation podcast being done with the average episode in like 30 minutes mm-hmm. but then some of the others are more meaty like data's android intelligence or whatever is put on trial like and there's a lot of like issues to talk about like that might be a little bit longer but i don't know um 
I would see. I don't. I, like I said, I'm. We're not. We're not promising coverage of strange new things. We're not even really talking about strange new things for season one. It's like we'll watch and enjoy. Maybe talk about it on our off the clock or premium podcast where we talk about stuff we're just watching for funsies. And mm-hmm. if it's really good, then yeah, maybe it's got, it's got some uh, possibilities for uh, season two. Uh, Micah P says, "Hey guys, love the pod. Just finished your episode six. Just finished your episode six episode, and want to share my theory about Picard's future. Considered and following. Number one, Mr. Stewart unfortunately won't be around forever. Probably wants to give his character a proper final send off before he retires slash dies. Two, season one already gave us Picard's death and virtual resurrection via consciousness transfer. Three, the show's Picard is called Picard, not JL or Jean Luc Picard. Uh oh. I remember these theories from season mm-hmm. one. Yeah, we just met a new character named Picard, who's so important she has her own watcher. And five, Paramount clearly wants to milk this IP for as long as it can. See where I'm going with this? To me, this all suggests that after Renee finishes her mission this season, she'll end up in the future with the rest of the La Serena crew. Butterflies be damned, with Yale's consciousness inside her somehow, likely through Laris Talon related shenanigans. In season three, he will appear to her. Uh, only similar to what's currently happening with Gerardi and the Queen to help her adjust to the future and accept her destiny as a leader, and the TNG crew will help us viewers transition to new Picard. They'll end season three with him sacrificing his consciousness to save her and his friends, and Paramount will have a new namesake to continue the series indefinitely. Well, I think this is a good idea, definitely not, but when did this that ever stop these showrunners? Thoughts? I hate this. Uh, I don't (laughs) want some kind of Patrick Swayze, Whoopi Goldberg, Guinan type fucking reunion between Worf and Picard. Like, if I'm reading this right, Picard's consciousness in her body, I got some teeny bopper trying to share the screen with Michael Dorn and talk about their, their, their times together. This is Ezri Dax times a billion. Yeah, Fuck yeah. that. No, I'm actively angry. No, no. Yeah, I, I don't. I certainly don't want to see it. I, I mean, if if they wanted to just just leave the, the Picard, the, the JL stuff out of it, right? Like you can continue this series with a Picard if you want to just have a different Picard, right? Bring her back to the future. Uh, she, Renee can become the new picard the new titular picard of the show i that's fine i probably won't be watching it at that point but someone will someone will. i think that's a good way for them to tag their ba- tag up on their bases you know like hey we've said that this is going to be three and done with patrick right but we're going to bring renee back to the future she'll be the heir she will be mentored by picard and his crew and then eh, you know the ratings are right we might do star trek picard and it's just renee because you know we'll we'll write out jean luc because keep the heroic the heroic death is a pretty good idea uh it seems like that's the way to go for him in this kind of like hideous robot body uh <laughs> to, to to sacrifice himself as his friends pull a spock um but yeah i i'm not about him riding hitchhiking on in renee's body like the queen that's just that's that's significantly less fun. You know? I, here's what I think they should do. I think they should go out with a flourish uh, for Picard. And I think, you know how they, they modified this robot body to age at a certain uh, rate to match like what their expected lifespan would be for sure. Picard? They should have them accidentally have fucked that up, and he should get Benjamin Button disease, 
and he should age backwards. They should go out with a flourish of CGI, uh-huh. digitally de-age Patrick Stewart all the way down to a baby over the course of three seasons, and then be done in season six. Yeah. And he and goes want... out as the youngest Starfleet captain <laughs> to ever exist. And I want I want his appearance to be canon. Like when he yes. gets to like in his twenties, he should look like the guy that got stabbed by the Nausicaan. When he's uh-huh. in Starfleet, he should look like bald Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah. Uh when he's when he's going through his kid phase, that you know, when when he's they all de evolved like the or de aged and the No, there was actually a a, a, a baby Picard. Oh, right. There right. was. Yeah. yeah. I, I want I want them to use their all their CGI turning Mark Hamill young powers into mm-hmm. pulling up because like and explain like why did you lose your hair in the academy? Was it like a, a, a dare you lost or was a, a lab a xenochemicals experiment gone wrong? Like or- orbital sander accident, yeah. <laughs> orbital sander orbital sanding platform accident, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh man. Uh orbital sander. <laughs> okay that's, that's the name of the new captain in strange new worlds orbital sanders <laughs> captain orbital sanders uh josh h says is it always nighttime in france yeah yeah it's those domes it's those it's those uh protective uh, domes they had to put over everything right it just blocks out not all the there sun. yet i think i think it's just uh uh they they got a legal um agreement with france to always appear at nighttime so paris can look i don't know i was going for some kind of but it's yeah this is just what do you mean we're not there i thought this was during well, his in 2020 in, in, in 2000 no in, in 2024 the la serena is crashed in chateau picard and it's always night oh, when they show it that's true i yeah. suspect it's because the special effect that is the broken cloaking device in a wide open car- cargo bay door is is not super and wouldn't look good in full bright daylight but probably Maybe I don't know. Hmm. Uh, sure, she let the kid, or, or, or sure, sure, just let the kid touch everything in your spaceship, including the dead Borg hanging off the wall. Oh yeah, oh yeah, get your get your fingers all up in that. Mm-hmm. Get get just coated coated with nanoparticles. Uh, can we get a seven of nine series after this without Rafi? Oh, it seems like they're really wanting to make Rafi and and seven or Anna a thing because. I mean, they've written they've written prequels about it and audiobooks, mm-hmm. and there's like there's fan fiction. Uh, it's, it's official fan fiction about it, so I don't know. Because I'm not interested in a Seven and Rafi show. Oh my god! No, I I would be watching that. Maybe yeah. a Seven show, but not a Seven and Rafi show. Yeah, yeah. Although again, man, I mean. I wouldn't mind a seven and Rafi show if set if, if Rafi is essentially season one or season two episode one version of Rafi, but uh, ever since we hit episode two, she's been up and down like uh, uh I don't know what what goes up and down or merry go round yo 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 roller coaster stock market uh yeah thanks for that Josh just gonna move on to Michael J G <laughs> a junior grade Michael. Uh, says, hey, hello, my geeky friends. Just when I thought I'd be able to delete my Paramount Plus subscription, the goddamn show hits me with season three's cast announcement. Mm-hmm. Is it just me or somewhere in my memory banks? But I have a deleted scene from Star Trek Nemesis where at the end Riker's leaving the Enterprise and he bumps into his replacement. I I don't know. I've not seen any deleted scenes. So like if this is if this is fan canon or whatever, uh, uh, just 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 check check your own. Uh, Blu-ray copy. 
With yeah, Worf and Jordy rolling twice in thirty years, so yeah, and once was during a twenty four seven Groundhog charity stream where yeah, I, somewhere near <laughs> the end, and it was at the end. It was yeah, it yeah. was like the second to last movie. Uh, with Worf and Jordy rolling their eyes in the background, Riker tells this new guy he should call his captain Jean Luc. He insists on all his officers calling him that. Two minutes later, the captain walks out of his ready room, and the new guy unleashes Jean Luc, and the whole bridge is in shock. Classic Riker. Hmm. Uh, yeah. That should have been in the movie. I say this because I need, need, need a season three scene with the old and new cast together where Worf witnesses Rafi call Picard JL. Then he yeah. proceeds to kill her on the spot for dishonoring the captain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe Jordy will point out afterwards he's the admiral now and Worf will just shrug. Kapla. Uh, Kapla. Um, I, don't, I don't know about kill, but yes, that would be hilarious if everyone's with Rafi and she just drops a JL and like the, the entire, like I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm seeing this happen in the classic TNG ready room. And like, as <laughs> okay. one, everyone's head swivels up the table to look at Picard and like the fuck. Yeah. I, I was thinking it was on the bridge. So literally the people at like helm have to, have to turn do, around yeah. in their chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Like they, they do the clap, push the console away, turn around. Uh -huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, the, the type of looks that's usually reserved for when the captain declares the ship is going to auto-destruct. You know, that kind of right. like... Dun, or go dun, into the neutral zone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Plot a course to, <laughs> past the neutral zone. Are you sure, captain? Yeah. <laughs> right. We're just under a month to go until Badass Fest 6. Each year, we take the blockbuster month of July to celebrate the 80s and 90s action stars we grew up with. Big guns, big muscles, bigger explosions. If it's dumb, fun, and kicking ass, we love it. This year, we're inviting you to our hometown to watch a secret badass film with us. Afterwards, we'll record the podcast. Get your tickets and full event info at baldmove.com live. No hints about the movie, except we're pretty sure most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be a real crowd pleaser. Our neighborhood theater features a full bar, all your favorite snacks, and we'll be providing some custom movie-themed cocktails. It's happening Friday, June 21st at 7 p.m. right here in the Queen City, Cincinnati. Get full details and tickets now at baldmove.com live. And hey, if you'll be in town on Saturday and have an appetite for outdoor adventure, join Aaron on an optional side quest as he guides a group of intrepid Bald Move kayakers down our national scenic river, the Little Miami. Once again, get full details on all main and side quests and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live. Hey, it's time for another season of Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? The premise is simple. A Gen Xer and a millennial watch old 80s action TV to see what still works and what doesn't. In previous seasons, we've done podcasts for Knight Rider, Airwolf, MacGyver, A-Team, and more. However, this year we're doing a very special season of Feeny. We're going back and reviewing the very special episodes of 80s and 90s sitcoms. Come cringe along with us as Hollywood tries to warn our families of the dangers of underage smoking, drug abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, and much more. We start out with the episode of Boy Meets World where a high school kid gets sucked into a cult. Worlds collide as the Mr. Feeney finally makes an appearance on Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? 
Join me and my buddy Jay each week for episodes full of nostalgia and secondhand embarrassment. And don't worry, a very special isn't your speed. We've also got some all-time classic Knight Rider episodes to close the season with. Find Why Is Mr. Feeney a Car each Wednesday on Bald Move Pulp starting April 3rd. Uh, Todd B says on a show where nearly everyone plays their own doppelganger ancestor. Don't you think it's a little odd that they chose a different actor for young Guinan? I have a theory that could potentially wrap up all the inconsistencies with a nice little bow. What a 21st century Guinan isn't Guinan, but Guinan's namesake over the course of the next generation. Guinan references her, her many, sorry, Guinan references her many children. So I'm betting 21st Guinan is one of them kids. Mama Guinan told her daughter that Earth was a pretty cool place to hang out, so she's doing her backpacking through the galaxy-type trip and spending some time on the planet. When Picard name-checks himself early on, 21st Century Guinan reacts like, Oh, you're the man my mother told me about. I gotta help you, etc. Also, when 21st Century Guinan's, uh hears words she's allegedly told Picard before and she becomes ill, it's Whoopi Goldberg's voice we hear. Uh, is she hearing her future self, or is she hearing the same pearls of wisdom coming from her mother's mouth? I'm hoping there's some sort of bookended scene in the final episode where this is revealed. Picard questions Guinan as to why she didn't know him, where she then smiles wryly and says, I still knew you, but my daughter only knew you through the stories I told her. Cut to Picard as the realization creeps over his face. Then he congratulates Guinan for having such a wonderful daughter, truly deserving of the name. Uh, we could have cleared hmm. all this up early with the line after Picard identifies himself saying, oh, you're looking for my mom, but in the world where the showrunners like to think themselves so cute and clever, it's only natural they try and pull a stunt like this. Okay, do we like this? And what are the odds of it being true? Uh, I kind of like it more than recasting Guinan, uh, but, you know, Guinan had to be young at some point, right? <laughs> like, there is a life cycle to these uh, aliens, whether... It's a thousand years or a hundred years or yeah. two years. Um, I think that's the problem is that they've done this half-ass. Well, we can look as old as we want to look. Well, that's not exactly what they said. We can age at whatever rate we want to age, which seems dumb. Why would you ever age? Right. <laughs> Why would you ever choose to get old? And and but is it reversible? Because I think the problem people have is Whoopi yeah. Goldberg was Whoopi Goldberg back in the Mark Twain episode. She's young. Whoopi mm -hmm. Goldberg now. She's super old Wookie 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 Goldberg in the future. Uh <laughs> it's a mess. It is a mess. I don't I yeah, I don't I don't know what they're doing here. Um Is it that hard to get Whoopi Goldberg for like 10, 15 more minutes of screen time? Because it's not like young Guinan is dominating the show. She's not like main cast. Yeah. Um No, I I, I don't know. Does the view keep her too busy? Is that the problem? Like, it is a daily look, show, I got this Jim. morning show every day. Right. I'm not going to miss it for six weeks while you guys film. Yeah, yeah. Not Maybe. for this. <laughs> I've seen the scripts, <laughs> right. man. You can get me for a, yeah. a one-off cameo. Do you know how much money I make on The View? Come on. Come on. I, I actually like it. I actually thought it would be cool. And I, and, I, and I wouldn't even be mad if it was a late-season reveal that it's like this has all been a misunderstanding. Because if someone comes – why would you – like, I, I'm, I'm – I'm like, if someone came from the future and it's like, are you Aaron Hubbard? I'm actually named after my grandfather. I'm a second. Aaron Hubbard the second. My mind wouldn't immediately shoot to, 
you must be looking for my elderly, you know, my my dead German grandfather. He's not here. Mm, right. You're stuck with me, fucker. So, like, I, I think that, like, her just rolling with, like, oh, God, I well, I'm this multiphasic, pan-dimension, you know, pan-temporal entity that's going to live a long life. And this is probably something as weird as going to, like, I, I, I think her, she wouldn't just jump to, like, oh, you must be looking for my much more famous and accomplished m- mother, Guinan, you know? Mm. Uh, so I, I think it tracks. I just don't think the show is going to do something that cool. Because I, I think it is. I yeah. think it would be cool. And better than what they're doing with the mishmash they got. Yeah, I guess we'll be on the lookout for that in future episodes. Uh, Wayne V says, hey, guys, not all Starfleet counselors are Beta Zed. The Starship in the Lower Decks program or the Star Trek Lower Decks show has a psychiatrist, Dr. Miglimo, voiced by Paul F. Tompkins, who's from a species of bird people. I don't think I, I – why do we say that? It's something about – It's more of a joke. It's um, more of a joke and us trying to tease out what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah, on on the show. No, sorry if we were if we took that uh, joke a little too seriously and made people <laughs> think that we legitimately thought it was only Betazoids. Uh, Wayne says, P.S. Lower Decks is way better than any of the shows, any other new Trek, and has lots of great TNG-era cameos and aliens. Those showrunners should be the ones in charge of the whole Star Trek universe. Man, it might be the case like DC where um, the stuff that's happening in the margins that is kind of like the corporate entity that's responsible for Star Trek is really gripped up about its 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 properties, so they don't let it do anything cool, and they have a whole bunch of kind of milk toast middle of the road people running it. But in the margins, there's cool shit happening. Like DC's got Peacekeeper and Harley Quinn. Uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe Paramount's got the Lower Decks. I wonder is Lower Decks considered canon? I don't know. Because that's Good the other question. thing. If 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 they're kind of like non-canonical, then maybe they've got the freedom to do whatever the fuck they want, and no one's really, you know, there's not a there's not a, a fox garden a hen house kind of thing, so to speak. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Seb J is next. Says I love Star Trek, but I'm struggling with this show. There's so many strange choices and issues with writing. I don't know where to begin. To avoid sending you an essay on how badly they're portraying mental health problems and trauma, I thought I'd just note some things I wanted to share a little theory with you. I don't like the twist that his mother is actually mentally ill, but the bigger question is, how is any of this happening? How is Picard acquiring this information about his mother? Are they saying that he knew this all along? But if so, why does Picard confront his father and seem surprised by the reveal? Or does the show think that dreams and confused childhood memories are reliable sources of info? I'm surprised we didn't say anything about this, because, yeah, by what process is Picard discovering this apparently new information about his mother? I mean, I, I took it all to be he knew he knew this subconsciously, like he had the memories, mm. the correct memories of what happened, and he was just misinterpreting them as a child, and then he had never examined them as an adult. Or every time he tried to examine them, he never got close enough to the issue to actually follow that through. And so this okay. is him not like unlocking new memories or discovering things. It's more like having a realization. You know, like, right. like, like if you think about the process of having a realization, there's always a moment where, like, you see something for, like, what it is in the, and like, for the first time, and then your mind goes, like, why the hell didn't I always realize this? You know, it was yeah. so obvious in retrospect. It's like an M.C. Escher, like, we thought the staircase was going up, but, oh, God, it's actually, and how did I ever see it? Yeah, I, that right, makes a lot right. of it. It, it does, it, it, the, but the way it's done is it does feel a little bit like, um, 
you know, discovering traumatic myth, because I, I think that's kind of discredited. Like if a psychologist holds your hand and it's like, tell me about your father and your mother. And then it's like, well, are you, you sure it went down that way? Or are you sure? But, but yeah. Yeah. But, but, but you're right. I think, I, yeah, think I don't know. Understand. How... You don't know what? I don't know how like sound all the psychiatry is and this or the psychology of it, but that's what I took it as as being like just a realization about all the things he already knew. Yeah, and I guess this is him seeing it a different way now. Uh, listener, if you're out there and you're considering Romulan mental bond treatment for your uh, childhood trauma, just know that these these claims have not been evaluated by <laughs> the American Psychiatric <laughs> Association or any. Yeah, no, yeah. I, but yeah, I, I guess if 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 this is essentially someone with you on a traumatic memory that's giving you the courage to confront an unpleasant truth that you know, I think you said it perfectly. It's, it's subconscious that you're trying to tease out to the conscious. Yeah, I think that works. Um, they continue. Seb does. What is the show trying to say about mental health by making his mother the one who's actually dangerous and the father needing to protect Jean Luc from his crazy mother? Doesn't feel very subtle or developed. Let's not also forget that this is supposedly the 23rd century and his father is looking uh, to literally lock his wife up all the time like he's in a Victorian insane asylum. And apparently it seems to be her fault because he says she didn't want to get help. His father might not be the monster, but he's clearly a massive asshole. I mean, I, I'm not I don't want to defend this guy because I don't we don't know enough information. Exactly, but like, yeah. You're right. If he's locking her in the basement of Chateau like for weeks on end, but it could be like, I need to lock you until the mental health technicians come to take you away kind of yeah. thing because you are endangering our minor child. I, I can get that, you know. Oh, yeah. I could construct scenarios in which that's appropriate behavior to lock someone in a room. Um, right. Temporarily until the temporarily. cops, you know, until the, 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 the people, the, the stretchers and the uh you know knockout juice come but i can also um, see the opposite like it could be just you know abuse in itself so. yeah if it's literally him locking her up down that. there like you know keeping her in a dark closet just sliding her moldy bread underneath yeah that's that's not a good <laughs> right. shit in a bucket kind of kind kind of contain confinement uh, of course you probably all saw this also uh, it, can it be abuse to lock an agoraphobe into a closet I was about to suggest that, like, that's where she wanted to be, man. You right. know, like, she wanted to be in the dank dark, but, but yeah, that's... Uh, Are we sure he even locked her in there, or did she lock herself in there? I, I don't know. That's a good question, because, really again, it's crucial. We don't... We, there is still one more shoe to drop. I mean, the, the show's told right. us that, so... Uh, of course, you probably all saw that this isn't the end of the story, because Picard seems to let his mother out at some point, and something else must have happened. My theory... Do you remember the first episode where we hear the music from the movie Inception? You know, the French. That's terrible, but, you know, <laughs> uh, you get what I'm saying. The French song, yeah. Yeah. We buckle up. Well, buckle up because we might not be done with this. The obvious first sign of this not Laris infiltrating Picard's dreams and memories. Uh, we know this is possible, and not Laris has a device to plug in, like the scene in Inception where Adrienne uh, sneaks into DiCaprio's team to find out what happened with his wife. As a weird side note, Marion Cotillard, Cotillier, Cotillard, who plays DiCaprio's wife, also played Edith Piaf in a biopic. Oh, God. Uh, Miss Edith is the singer of the French song we hear in Picard in Inception. The song is called I Don't mm. Regret Anything. Make of that what you will. 
Mm. I'll be interesting to see what the show runners make of it. Which brings me to the monsters that they meet. Who are they? We all thought the monster was Picard's father, but obviously they claimed that the monster was actually her mental illness. Okay, fine, but this is slightly confused by an earlier scene. When two monsters attack not Laris and young Picard, one of the monsters has skin like Tommy Lee Jones and tells her, It's not your journey. You're not supposed to be here. No one will miss you when you die. Who the hell is he talking? Or who the hell is actually talking here? It's obviously not the father. It's not the mental health monsters attacking his mother. After the doctor plays with Picard's brainwaves and calms him, calms him down, the monsters are now gone and not Laris asks the young Jean-Luc Picard, Are you doing this on purpose? I think we're supposed to understand that, in fact, Jean-Luc has created the monsters as part of his subconscious to defend himself from something he doesn't want to reveal or face up to. Uh, Sound familiar? In Inception, mm. the biggest challenge is getting past a person's own subconscious so they lead you to the key bits of information. Yeah. Once, once Picard is conscious again, he says that they need to understand something deeply personal about Q in order to go on to the offensive. That's right. I think we might be about to see Picard performing Inception on Q. So they can either change Q or find out something which gets them home or helps Picard succeed in the trial Q wants to hold. I look forward to the scene where Picard and Seven are on deep, <laughs> are on skis deep within Q's dream space and they lead him right. to a vault where Q finds out his father did in fact keep all his shitty school drawings but was never able to show his love. I this... can't even imagine what the inside of Q's head looks like, what his subconscious does. But this, in broad strokes, feels like something they might go for. Grab the pointy-ear device, plug it in the queue, uh -huh. and go deeper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, now that he's without his powers, that that's possible, right? You could you could subdue Q, knock him out, whatever, hit him with a wrench. I don't know. You could uh, subdue Q. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Craig T says, I would like to weigh in on your debate about modern Trek and somewhat agree and disagree with you on your wish for more episodic formats with the new show. That I agree with, but I feel like we can have the best of both worlds. <laughs> Someone else Again. is making another Star Trek pun. I'd like to go away from the whole one story per season narrative and go with a more episodic television, but still have things from one episode impact another. Later seasons of Deep Space Nine did this really well. I will ping or pick Nog having his leg amputated in the Siege of AR-558. Now, having said this, uh, or now had this been, say, the next generation, like when Worf had his whole back regrown, this would never be touched on again, but that's a pretty traumatic thing to happen and would lead to the wonderful episode Only a Paper Moon where Nog had to deal with that trauma. Having things happen that are, have meaning and implications for a character make the show more compelling, unlike episodic shows. Oh no, Riker's being interrogated and tortured, but it's okay, he'll be fine next week. Um, so let's talk about that. I think that we're talking about the X-Files model, right? Uh, yeah, or, or a TNG model. I mean, there was definitely continuity in TNG. Look at Locutus, right? That's that's drawn a path through Picard's entire character for the next 30 years. So, yeah. It does seem that the only people that the, the only characters that really got a lot of development in the next generation were Data and Picard, though it didn't extend to the whole crew because they yeah. all, all the whole crew got their individual episodes, but they weren't impactful. Like you said, Worf almost getting paralyzed and committing suicide and going through that or ordeal didn't really change him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Riker meeting his father and coming to terms with that didn't change him. Mm -hmm. Troy getting psychically raped every single fucking season of the show 
never really changed you know like the, there right. there wasn't a lot of a lot of that and and maybe that's why the x-files work so well because you only have to worry about character development of Mulder and scully and they're the two main characters and with a with a more ensemble cast like maybe that's a that, that's all the kind of through line you can give an episodic show you can only afford to develop two or three characters and that's a weakness in a star trek style ensemble show yeah maybe i mean it might be by design right because does if every character ends up changed significantly by the end of uh you know seven season run or whatever right um, does it feel like the same show does it feel like you're still with the same characters that you came to love over the first three seasons four seasons uh yeah. Or can they do it to a couple people, have that change them a bit, and then everybody else around them be the same, and it still feels like the crew? I I don't know. Yeah, I think I feel like we have the technology. I think it would take a lot of like breaking these seasons would be incredibly difficult unless mm-hmm. you just did it as like a gardener approach, where it's like these things are going to happen to the characters, and we're just going to naturally follow them. And that kind of flies in the face of the other thing I like, which is that Starfleet officers are these kind of models of rationality and and humanistic thought that like you know with the right amount of therapy and treatment that you can you know get get through trauma resolved and be a whole person and if like when we're saying development we're really talking about scars and trauma right and and things that change someone's personality yeah yeah it might be like that old simpsons episode where they're talking to the kids about what they want in in their favorite cartoon and it's all like we want a stable group of characters that we all love and they never change but we want them to have new exciting adventures with people that they're going to meet and the cast is ever growing like Hmm. we're wanting things that are like all we we will all of the, the 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 pros of classic trek and we want all of the whiz-bang features of, of the golden era of television, and we want all of the strengths, none of the weaknesses of those designs. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's an easy needle to thread. I think it can be done um, with a talented group of writers. But It sounds like something you'd have to write out like at least five seasons in advance to keep it from drifting into like a ship full of assholes. And that's right? just never going to happen, right? Yeah. I mean, you can you can create a compelling overarching story like if you look at breaking bad right the the story arc for that the the general story arc was always known and specifically for one character but everything else was made up as they went i just don't think you can significantly plot an ensemble cast show like that for that many seasons the budget just isn't there right they who's going to fund that project okay writers go away for four years and do this there's always Babylon, Babylon 5, 5, which I haven't seen. We've I've only seen a couple episodes, but like everyone that has gone through that says it is an experience. So, huh? Maybe, yeah, I need to check maybe, that out. Maybe that uh, lights the way. Um. Anyway, uh, that's interesting, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they thread that needle. Uh, next up is Jin. All things of all things to question, I'm going to ask about the FBI raid. What are the grounds? What federal law did Picard break when he beamed into L.A.? Human trafficking. NSA would have been more logical. Is this because the FBI is the most recognizable law enforcement agency? Dumb question, I know, but dumb agency to pick. Did the writers have to resort uh, to help from Koki? Love all the podcasts. Thank you, Jen. Uh, yeah, wait. Is So I thought the NSA and CIA aren't allowed to like spy on domestic things going on domestic. 
Like, is, isn't that the thing? Ha. Like, sure. Well, I, I know. I get it. But isn't that <laughs> supposed to be the line, you know, that you'd have? Okay, so this is cover, right? Well, I, fuck, we can't say that we caught this. Just send in the FBI. Send them in. I don't right, know. right. Let them do the investigation. If it turns up any extraterrestrial ties, then we can swoop in there. I, I don't know. Sure. Maybe the NSA is the CIA version that can spy on us. So you might be right. Um, but uh, this is way way down on my list of bones or nits to pick with this show. Yeah. Uh, John from California says, watching the message is the last Picard episode. I was struck with the question, given all the mucking in the, the past timeline going on, why hasn't alarm bells been ringing in the 31st century headquarters of the temporal police? Mm. They've occasionally shown up in various Star Trek series, beginning with Deep Space Nine, right? Or was that a Voyager? I think it was Deep Space Nine. That's where I recall seeing them. Okay. Um... Uh, to enforce the temporal accords that apparently have ways to detect violations of the time travel ban enacted by the Accord. Seems like there's enough butterflies going, getting uh, airborne in Picard this season to make a temporal agent cry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, what canon do you follow? What canon don't you follow in these shows? Yeah, it's maybe this is the alternate, the alternate history of a future where the temporal cops don't exist also or, the, or maybe q q did some stuff before i he was about to say anymore. you can say you can you can solve a lot of questions by saying q did it i think q is right. stronger than the temporal police and Easily. also once he snapped us into an alternate timeline that's another cloak that you can hide a bunch of bullshit behind because in this militaristic timeline the federation didn't give a shit like if the temporal police came back to arrest them they fucking destroyed them and then you know <laughs> unilaterally drew from the temporal accords i who knows it's probably some variation of that okay mm -hmm. finally scott v is up says i sent in some feedback for season one of picard i quoted a tng episode at the end to voice my frustration as you read it you laugh it came down kind of hard on me for being so harsh oh he's back he's back He's back. back. <laughs> I could list 25 examples from season two and why the writing's bad, but I'm not going to do that. My review will be the same quote again. I'd like you to read it and discuss from the episode The Royale, Riker's leading the late astronaut's diary. You remember this one. Uh, uh, paraphrasing, sure, yeah. I hold no malice for my benefactors. They cannot possibly know the hell they have put me through. Or was such a badly written TV show or book in the episode filled with endless cliches and shallow characters that I shall welcome death when it comes. <laughs> Oh, we were harsh. I, we were harsh. Welcome death. The show's so bad. All right. I would say that, like, if we were, if we if we beat you up, we try not to beat up people too bad. But if we beat you up, it's probably because we're like, come on, there, there's going to be another season. There were some learning curves and pains. And, you know, the first couple episodes are pretty good. And they kind of, I'm more inclined to be like, this is what Trek is going to look like under the reign of these people. And for better and mostly yeah. worse, that's that's just the way it's going to work. So, You're right. I'm not praying for death, but a few no. more episodes, we'll see. Yeah. All right. That's it. Again, if you'd like to stuff our mailbags full, uh, send in feedback to Picard at baldmove.com. We will await your digital signature there. Uh, hope you enjoy. Uh, well, hope we all enjoy the next episode a little bit better. Episode two hundred eight. We'll be back to cover it regardless. Uh, as soon as the episode drops on Paramount Plus or airs in your country, whichever comes first or last, whatever, we'll be there at baldmove.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya.